Hello to all you survivors out there in the wasteland. We're transmitting from our hermetically sealed bunker beneath the nation's capital, and thank you for joining us on whatever scavenged receiver you've got going today. I'm Brandon Crilly, Ottawa-based author of science fiction and fantasy. And I'm Evan May, author of The King in Darkness and Bonhomme Setter. Our cozy little bunker is keeping us safe from the plague from space that is decimating the population, but we also have a lot of time on our hands as we wait for the viral count to dip down to survival levels, so we've decided to pass the time by sharing stories. Instead of a campfire, we have the glow of the sterilization chamber and the soothing hiss of the air recyclers. We'll be talking about the stories we love from the world of science fiction, fantasy, and horror, as well as the tales that come from the creation of stories and the creation of art in general. Today we've invited two of our fellow survivors to share their own ideas, experiences, and interests with us. Here's who will be joining us in the bunker today. Hi, I'm Nathan Burgoyne. Uh, I used to be a bookseller and somehow still thought it was smart to get into writing. Um, People know me as the tall queer guy who usually writes short queer fiction. Hi, I'm Linda Poitvang, and I am an Ottawa area-based writer. I write contemporary romance, romantic suspense, and I write as Lydia M. Hawk in dark urban fantasy supernatural thrillers. When I'm not writing, I am generally tending a very large flock of animals, including a dog and four cats, and a rabbit, all of whom I'm allergic to. We're both really looking forward to our conversation today, and just as excited that we get to share it with you. Gather round, survivors, and welcome to Broadcasts from the Wasteland. Getting back to writing stuff, I was going to say, um, yeah, those Richard Castle books. If, don't I don't read them because I'm, you know, they're the greatest mystery books ever written. I, I, I was a fan of the show, so it's I like, loved the show. Such a good show. It was. I think I missed the last season, though. I need to go back. I mean, the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it went on a little. It was the first that, seasons before oh, yeah. they started running out of material, and yeah. you know, just in. I, I hate when series get to that start that point. This mm. is something Britain does way better than America. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna say. So Britain tends to release series, and when they call it a series, they, that's what we would call a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So they do a, season, a series, knowing that they're doing a season of a story, and that will have a story, and it is self-contained. Right. Yeah. And then if right. you want to, they will do another. Yeah. yeah. Um, and but it's, I love it is that. self-contained. But, it, but in the U.S., you always get the oh my god, this show just ended on this super five-season arc. Fantastic. Renew it. I'm like, no, the writer yeah. came up with a five-season yeah. arc. This is how you get Bows, uh, sorry, um, Babylon Five. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. So, well, I think that Lost was the same thing. I think it was only yeah. supposed to be four seasons or something. And then, yeah. and then but they were Fox making money, right? That it comes, all comes down to the money. Totally. Yeah. That's and it. they just don't know when to quit. No, exactly. It's like, well, this is still making a shitload, so let's <laughs> let's do another one. I mean, you can figure it out. You're just right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And no. it's also the fact that their seasons are like a series in Britain is usually like 12 or 13 yeah. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But here it's like, here's 24 with a mid season break. And like, oh, right. my, oh God. <laughs> yeah, so you always get the, the filler episode where it's one character goes on some sort of like journey of discovery. Yep. And, and, yeah. you don't and see the day in the life episode. Yeah, yeah. And then a couple of flashbacks where it's yep. like, you really wanted to know about so and so's backstory. And so in episode 16, you will see that. And it's like, no, I want to know what everyone else is doing because you left me on a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to skip this episode because it's the one character I don't give a shit about. Right. <laughs> yes. Because all the other characters are currently doing the pops promotional circuit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're going to fill in with the one we've got left that no one cares about. Yes, yep. So you that, get the Xander episode. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's the, like, 
I mean, that's one of probably many reasons why I don't think I would ever write for TV. Because I don't ever want to have to worry about shit like that. I, I, I want to be able to do whatever I want with my characters, not have to worry about the actors or the producers or the budget, or I, I can just do what I want. I don't have to, yeah. like... I mean, that's not the main reason why I'll never write for TV, but that's what I'll tell myself. <laughs> it's but, a choice. It's a choice. I'm choosing not to. There you go. Yes. But I would totally sell my series oh, yeah. oh, to TV and let oh, them yeah. do whatever they want. Yeah. Oh, oh, totally. I will take that oh, money. Because money. Do you pretend you have to talk about that? No. I don't think really I have. Good. Okay, so I went to her panel, actually, at CanCon a couple of years ago, yeah, yeah. and she did a thing about um, being adapted for television. Oh, yeah. I remember, was, I remember putting that panel She was freaking together. hysterical. She gets up she's like, so basically what you do, your role as a writer when this happens is to go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, and if you're really lucky, they'll be like, do you want to do one episode? And you're going to tell yourself that, yes, I will do one episode. And let me tell you what will happen. You will maybe end up having actually written six or seven lines. <laughs> That's what will make it through to the very end. Oh, my God. And she says, and, you know, someone told me that. And I was like, no, no, no. I know what I'm doing. And she said, at the end, I counted, and it was five. <laughs> <laughs> Or something like that. Yeah, she oh, so great yeah. She's like, so if anyone ever wants to buy your rights for television, here's what you do. You say yes, and then you walk away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't look yeah. at it. Don't oh, watch yeah. it. No. Absolutely. She's like, and I think, I can't remember if it was Portugal or something like that. She's like, but bless whichever country it was, because they they licensed it there, and it's it's shown on a channel over and over and over again, syndicated, and she gets money checks <laughs> from it. She's like, brilliant, done. You know, there you nice. Go. Yeah. Get some residuals. Oh, that, that's what we want, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, royalties and residuals. Oh, and all. gosh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Robert J. Sawyer was talking about how it was almost better when nothing had been made yet, because they have to pay you to hold on to the rights. Right. Oh. Even if they don't make anything. Yeah. 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 So yeah. he kept having his options renewed. Oh, seriously. Like, this is brilliant. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a great panel. Yeah. It was don't all about like just walk away, take the money, and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start yeah, think, the car. <laughs> I think that was the panel we had Sam Morgan on. The, uh, yes. He was our agent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. he was really good because he was talking about clients that he had who were getting upset about, oh, they're changing things. And he would just be like, you're getting a check. Yeah, exactly. You're getting a check. Yeah. Like, who cares? They're oh, giving yeah. you money. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. As the bookstore guy, I was sitting in the audience oh, yeah. being like, no, 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 let them do it. Like, please, because you're going to have two things happen. One, the TV show hits and everybody wants to read the books. Yeah. It doesn't matter that they're different. And two, you'll have all the purists coming in angry and they're buying up the books before they change the covers. It's yeah. a win-win. Oh, yeah. 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 the cover with, like, the actor on the With the actor in the photo. Yeah. Yeah. I hated that. Like, there was yeah. this, this crew, like, there was this, this major chunk of readers who really hate that so yeah. they, they would come I, in and I'm buy a special order and like yeah. get the old covers yeah and really move all the old stock it was fantastic well that's it we all have to sell our rights oh yeah that's on my bucket right yes yeah. <laughs> that's easy enough that should be on the priority list well i, I mean there's, there's an order of operations though i think linda <laughs> oh right we have to write the thing first. <laughs> yeah exactly i can't just like <laughs> details <laughs> details i have to fix china first <laughs> Because nothing gets made in my genre because then China says no. So, uh, yes. Uh, wow, that went to a heavy place all of a sudden. That, sorry. That, that, no, that, no, 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 no. No, that is a big thing, right? Translation yeah. rights are pretty much non existent because there are so many countries out there where if, if something's gay, then it's actually either A, illegal, um, or B, just frowned upon. Right. That's interesting. I hadn't even thought of that. It, it, oh, even yeah. if, like in China, you can't get it. Nope. Really? Uh, well, I imagine. So it's weird. So China's. Oh, I'm going to get all my legal wrong, but things have That's changed fairly recently. We don't know, um, so you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, like, for example, like, 
um, science fiction is actually pretty huge in Russia, right? The oh, former Russia. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, not for me, right? Oh. Right. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, yes. so you, oh, you look I at... I never thought about that. Yeah, you yeah. 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 So it's interesting. Like, uh, translation rights is other than, I would say, um, Spanish translations. Right. Um, for that, that is taking off, especially in the States. Um, mm, but yeah, right. no, I, I don't even consider trying that. Yeah. So, because, I mean, there's a lot of talk, and, and it's happened at Campcom quite a bit, of... You know this this boom that's going on in like Chinese science fiction. Is, so does that rub you the wrong way that China's becoming like, like the Chinese fandom is growing? Or? So, well, they're a giant chunk of the market, right? Yeah. So that's just a reality. Yeah. Um, so if I mean, it can only do good things if if they can draw more attention to science fiction that's brilliant for me. I just know that that won't be my uh, place. I can probably yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's always the way it is. Like. Um, Anything that sort of rushes to the forefront, any marginalized group has to wait for it to be totally done. And when mm. all the when all the straight white cisgender people are saying, "Oh my God, I'm so tired of urban fantasy," then you're allowed to have urban fantasy okay. with wow. co- you know characters of color and queer characters, and yeah. So it always sort of comes. Yeah, with that's interesting. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> You're not holding your breath, I'm taking it. No. no. <laughs> I'm also not holding my breath for a lot of things. <laughs> I was on the, I, the nice thing about being on the bookstore side of things for so long before writing is I have a very realistic expectation of what the world is like in publishing, I think. Right, That's right. a bit pessimistic on top of that, but yeah, I, I've, I've seen enough authors come in with their bright, starry eyes. Like, oh, I got nominated oh. for a Tip Tree Award. I'm like, oh, sweet. <laughs> What's that going to do sales wise? Well, uh, <laughs> if you win, great. If you're only a finalist, it'll actually increase your returns. Have a great day. That's true. That's it. It's that starry eyed, and it, yeah. you get picked up by a major publisher. Oh, yeah. Bestseller status is next. Yep, it's going to be and great. You get crickets. Yep. Yeah. So, that, but I don't think that there are any guarantees of no, anything in this no. industry. And the industry is in such flip and flux right now with mm. digital and, you know, the internet libraries that are springing up. Yeah. And, um. <laughs> the thing that amazed me was, I, was it the second year in a row now that indie bookstores are on the rise again yeah. in Canada, which amazed me. Yeah. Uh, like, because I thought they were all dying still. Now, I have not been into any of our indie bookstores here in what? Ottawa. But (laughs) I rarely go to a bookstore. I I order online. Don't worry, they're never going to listen to this. No. Good. (laughs) Cut this part out. No. It's just, we're a one-vehicle family. My husband needs the vehicle most of the time. And when I do have the vehicle, I don't want to go and have coffee with a friend that I haven't seen for a while. Mm. (laughs) So the books I I get offline. But uh, uh, I know that the complaint about the indie bookstores in the uh, the States from a romance perspective Mm -hmm. is that they're just not carrying the romances. Because, you know... Unless you're the ripped bodice, which is brilliant. And go there, anybody listening who's can. Yeah, no, the, the stigma against romance is... Yeah, I will say the stigma against romance in general gives gives writing queerness a run for its money. Um, right? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, it's amazing. And queer yeah. romance has got to be even oh, worse. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, you get it for both. Oh stuff. yeah. Um, wow. Romance is like still the biggest yep. selling genre. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. Right? Like, if that you want to make true. money, go into romance. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. But if I could write romance, that's what I'd be doing. 
So the thing that happens, I think, is, let's be honest, Don't start. romance ah. is a genre that is mostly read by women, women. for women, written by women, for yeah. women, yeah. where it's about women having freedom, happy ever after, owning their own sexuality, all these mm. wonderful positive things. So, of course, men don't get it, and men, and men run publishing. So you have know, oh. this, this double-edged sword. And, I mean, it's almost February, right? So when February comes, prepare to hit, get hit by onslaughts of think pieces about, why does romance do so well? <laughs> and, and it'll all be, I swear to God, it'll all be written by men who oh, say things Jesus. like bodice rippers and stuff like that, where they, they'll completely miss the point. Um, they won't have read anything. They're just going to talk about it like they have. Um, and there'll be, yeah, these think pieces come out every February because of uh, uh, Valentine's Day. Wait, it just blows uh, yeah. my mind year after year after year. The same, like, well, yeah, because I can remember hearing, like, hearing this sort of thing when I was in high school. Like, it hasn't mm-hmm. gotten any better? Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> You're editing that out, too. <laughs> no, we, no, we're no. just slapping an explicit label on every yeah, episode. Yeah, we're getting a parental advisory on this. That yeah. works. That's okay. Yeah. I, I, in one of the episodes we recorded, I, I started, I caught myself because I'm like, my students might listen to this. And I'm like, ah, fuck it, they work worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they say worse. Who are we kidding? Oh, my God. They could teach you a thing or two. They have. I, when, when, we, when we stop recording, I will tell you a couple of, some of what I've overheard oh, from my students. God. But I, that I don't want on, on mm-hmm. the end. Well, my, um, uh, my daughter is a, a gamer. Oh, oh, my, a live streamer. <laughs> oh. oh, no. I have learned to just tune out. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> At first, I'm like, do you really have... And then, but you know what? I'm sorry. The guys are doing it. Why shouldn't she? No, I just don't. Yeah. Totally, yeah. My yeah. brother uh, does it all the time over at I am like. not telling her that it's not lady. Like, oh, no. Fuck that shit. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's this weird culture in gaming. Oh. Like, you, you can just say whatever you want to somebody, and, and, yeah. and it's apparently okay. And this is why I leave my own mute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny. Dan and I are playing Fallout online. Uh, the Fallout oh, really? 76. Yeah, I've seen you talking about that yeah, online. I'm yeah. really enjoying it. Okay, um, see, I've heard mixed reviews of it. Yeah, so it's funny. So, I mean, it's missing... It's interesting. It's, it's like, about half a Fallout game. So if, okay. if the reason you played Fallout was all the awesome weird quirky characters that you would bump into those are all gone because what they've done is there are no living human beings other than the people that came out of the vault okay so that's so that when you bump into something that looks like a human um it's another player oh interesting Um, right so that's part of it um so all the story is done and and followed always did this but all the story's done with like journal entries and hollow tapes Mm -hmm. and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and it's still fantastic there's a great story on there about a woman who uh, starred in like um, the equivalent of like the shadow, like one of the side characters. They were yeah, making yeah. a movie about her character oh, okay. when the bombs dropped, and she decided, "Screw it! I've been training for this role. I'm just going to go out there and be a superhero and take care of people." And she starts training all these orphans girls to be the same thing, and they have this whole team of these women superheroes out there oh, taking wow. care of people. And of course, this is after now you're out of the ball, so this is all gone. But you right. can find all these pieces, put it all back together, and they've got this automated system. You can actually go through and get graduated through the levels of this organization. It's really cool. So there's all that stuff. It's hidden, um, and it, but it's passively told through text, mm. but I don't mind that. I enjoy yeah, that yeah. kind of storytelling. Um, but what we really like is we can finally play a video game together online, which oh, really we can't do. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so that's been fun. But what Fallout has done fairly well, in my opinion, is you can limit your speakers and microphones to people in your team. Oh, cool. Right. So I don't have to hear anybody else. Oh, thank God. So, you know, because that doesn't generally go well when I'm online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so no, we're really having a great time with it. Um, yeah, I understand the mixed reviews. I really do. Okay. Um, and it, it was really buggy on launch mm. as well, but for what I like, I, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. I'll add it to my list of, of games to so, get to at uh, some point. I'm going to show my Last yeah. game I played on the computer was Mist. <laughs> oh, wow. When it first came out. <laughs> wow. 
Okay, I, I might be too young. I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, do you want to tell them or should I do it? Do you know you what go this ahead. is? I, I kind of vaguely know what it is. Oh, okay, that's I, better than me. I don't know. The problem I had was I had no computer. So after I got kicked out, I had no computer for like a decade. Yeah. Oh. So. Wait, what do you after you got kicked out? When I came out, I got kicked out. Oh, see, I don't, I, oh, I don't know. I don't no, we've never had this conversation. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I have this missing gap of knowledge oh. for, like, the 90s through the early 2000s because I didn't have a television or a radio oh, or wow. a computer. Yeah. Sorry, go on. It's no, no, missed. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, like, I guess... I guess Mist came out around the time that computer graphics were starting to get kind of kind of good. Like you could actually have something on the screen that looked like the thing uh, it was supposed to be. Okay, uh, but uh, it was just getting there. So right. uh, this wasn't like fast moving animation like you see in, in, in Fallout. No. It's a it's it was a pu- very static. Yeah, it's okay. it's a puzzle game, and you're on this uh, you're on this island mm-hmm. that's I believe surrounded by mist, hence the name. And you could gradually okay. go around and, and figure out how to manipulate objects to open up other parts of the island. And oh, there's okay. like a mystery to solve. So it's a puzzle-solving game. Okay. you got to go around and figure out, like, how do I open up this next area? What can I do in this place? And there were all different kind of, like, graphic puzzles and there were word puzzles. Oh, interesting. And Mist, I mean, some people went fucking insane <laughs> playing Mist because, you know, they'd get to a part and they couldn't solve it. And this was before the internet was... Right. There was no spoilers. You had a one eight hundred. Yeah, there wasn't like like Sierra. Yeah, like now if you get yeah, yeah, yeah. if you get stuck in Fallout, there's the Fallout yeah. Wikia, and you yeah, can go yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, we yeah. get past this, and, it, and it'll tell you. And yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that didn't really exist yet. So it was possible to get like legitimately stuck, and just like uh, I have no idea how to get past this, and some people would like, yeah, just that sounds brutal. This is beyond the pale. So did you guys ever play the Piers Anthony video game? No. The Xanth. No, but I remember. Yeah. I so remember when it was out. you have to get past a pale, because okay. you got to get beyond the pale, because it's Piers Anthony. Piers right. Anthony, it's nothing but puns, right? Yeah. yeah. And I could not get past that, and it's like 15 minutes into the game. Oh, that's oh, the Jesus. worst, right? And it just it just never happened. I ended up finding out on how to do it on YouTube, like, three decades later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent, like, $60 on an Amiga game that oh. I got to play, like, once. Oh, <laughs> my God. How did that we live sucks. back then? Like... In all seriousness. With no cell phones. Yeah, right? I mean, I used to leave my husband and children at home, and I would be out of contact for the entire day. That must be Nobody could text me. You know you can leave your phone at home, right? I know, I know. I know. I'm not very good at that. I like the contact now. (laughs) Oh, I see. The double-edged sword of the contact. Facebook. Oh, I see, yeah. For those of you not benefiting from our absent video feed, her phone's in front of her right now. (laughs) Text my husband when I remember it. I could have left it in my coat pocket. I'll put it away. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> I put mine in my coat pocket. Hi, <laughs> fine, fine. Fine. I, I threw mine somewhere. I don't know. It's around. It's somewhere. Um, you know what's funny? I was talking to somebody the other day about YouTube, and and I can barely remember not having YouTube. Oh wow! Well, well yeah. yeah. It's it's so much a part right, of my life. Discuss this. He's yeah. drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, okay. To be fair, I mean, YouTube came out in what two thousand five. Right, and so I, I can remember my childhood without yes. YouTube, but I can't stop looking at me at that. Like I that. can remember black and white television. <laughs> there you go. One okay. channel. All right, all right, fine. I remember turning the antenna mover. Do you that? Yeah. The stickers on it. Yes. I, okay, yeah. I, I did that on my grandparents' television. But I yes. can remember <laughs> tin foil off yeah. of the rabbit ears yeah. and, and being the remote tonight because there's a storm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How or like you have the person go up and like start <laughs> touching the rabbit ears and like okay the picture's like, it's clear you you're can't yeah you can't yeah. go now. Like. How is it that every single one of these things comes back to my age? 
Because you're like 17 and a half years old? <laughs> I think because you you were one of the crossover generation though, right? So much yeah. technology changed oh, in yes. your lifetime. It, yeah. oh, I mean, it has in ours as well. It's just, it was yeah. it was like a major curve oh, yeah. over the last... It was, it, yeah. Oh yeah, blinked and there was YouTube and smartphones and... Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, it's just Pirate exploded. And, it's it's you know, incredible. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And yeah. I will give myself credit for actually staying relatively up Yes, <laughs> yes. Good. I can remember sending my first email. <laughs> Me too, on a PBS. <laughs> I remember when I was first starting university, um, we got like a, a little flyer from the computer science department mm-hmm. saying that if you wanted an email address, you could come and sign up for it. And you had oh to go and God. sign up, and then you, they yeah. would give you an email address. Wow. And like, this was... like. Uh, the computer that I had with me in, in my residence room did not hook up to the internet. So right. I would have had to go to a computer lab to access my email. That's, that was my online ability and for I, most of university. I remember looking at this thing wow. and saying, oh, well, there's no chance this is going to catch on. Why would I ever want an email address? And I threw it in the corner of my room and, and, and discarded it. But I did that with Facebook. I didn't get Facebook until I was halfway through university because I was like, this is a stupid fucking thing. Why the hell do I want this? And I still think that. But that Yeah, I didn't get Facebook for years because yeah. I, I didn't... I. I didn't see the point of it, but no. it I got, still don't really. Like. I mean, it got to the point where um, my my wife was in touch with people mm. like that I knew that I that only through Facebook. So she right. was in closer yeah, touch yeah. with yeah. like friends that I had, I, I had known from from years back uh, because of Facebook. And right. So I was like, oh, well, okay, yeah, that's yeah, and yeah, and there are people that I'm only in contact with through that. And yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All looks up. Yeah, I stay in touch with my family out west for with that, and mm. but I. <laughs> I mean, I read more posts than I actually answer. Oh, I'm the same. Sure. Yeah, I heard the other uh, And my author page, I'm, I'm really active on there. Okay, so that's... I okay. love my group okay. there. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, a really responsive group mm-hmm. of followers. Okay. Oh, cool. And I love, love, love being on there. They're, what kind they're, of, they're hilarious. What kind of following do you have on there? Uh, I think Roughly. 2,600 now. Gee, wow, that's cool. yeah. that's pretty good. That's pretty that's good. incredible. Yeah. But it's yeah. also romance, which right. they're a lot more willing. Well, I started off as uh, urban yeah. fantasy, well, and I just yeah, built crossed, it up yeah, from there. Yeah. And now I've got, uh, I've, I've set up a page for uh, Lydia Hawk for yeah. the, the mm-hmm. and I'm not nearly as active on there. I've yeah. got that simply for the purposes of advertising and promotion when Cross I want to get that do yeah, yeah. going. Yeah. Right, right, right. Which I'm supposed to be doing. You know I'm getting there. It's right. here on the priority <laughs> list. It'll get. It's fine. Everything's fine. <sighs> Everything's fine. It's Everything's all fine. fine. Yeah. yeah. See, and Facebook and Twitter are brilliant for me because so much of queer culture is online. Yes. Yeah. Right? So it's not like I have. I don't have like. I mean, I do have a group of queer friends, obviously. But if I want to connect to like queer readership, that's not just something I can walk right, into right, a, right. a reading space and assume it's there. So. Yeah, that was actually one of the things I wanted to ask you about, Nathan, is uh, I've seen, I think every week you do, there's that uh, romance writers kind of Q&A thing oh, on yes, Twitter. Oh, yes, yeah. ending at the end of the Oh, no! Yeah. Oh, no! So the organizers, yeah, RW Chat, unfortunately, they're, they're ending it at the end of the month, which is sad. But, oh, no. uh, yeah, they just have too much going on in their lives to keep it going. Okay. But, yeah, I loved doing that. Because, yeah, I've seen, you, I've seen you do that, and I, was, I wanted to ask you, like, what kind of response do you get to that? Because, like, I it's, see what you write. I've, yeah, I, I don't get to see your end. It's hysterical. So, yeah, the RW Chat was put together by um, a group of romance writers. Writers. And um, basically, once a week on Sunday, they do a discussion on some topic or other. Mm. Um, and once I saw it sort of popping up on my feed through, because I follow a lot of romance authors, because frankly, romance authors know what's going on um, mm. in publishing, they really do. Um, and I do write 
romance about half the time. Um, but again, I'm writing queer romance, so it's, it's not right. quite on the same um, noise level. So they would ask these questions, and I actually got involved. I have to admit, I got involved the very first time I did it because I was getting so annoyed at the damn questions. Because <laughs> they were like, how do you keep consent sexy? I'm like, consent is sexy! It's not something you have to do! Anyway, so, and then there was another one that was like, um, uh, it was like, um, how do you keep your hero, uh, or how do, how do you let your hero show emotions without him being feminine? I'm like, oh my god! You know, I, just, so I, I started jumping in mostly like, can I just add a queer point of view to this question? Um, and that took off. And actually, I had gained a lot of readership out of those um, from both sides of the fence. So right. I already was, you know, contact in contact with a lot of, of queer readers. Mm. And a lot of queer readers kind of nudge away from queer romance because they're kind of tired specifically of queer romance because it's not necessarily how am I going to put this it's not necessarily written for them and by them right oh, okay. um, so there's a lot of issue with that where you pick up a book like oh cool two men in love and then you get a three chapters in and you're like this is nothing like anybody's life I've ever read in my life and uh, this is frustrating okay. and I just want to throw it across the room right okay um, so a lot of queer readers kind of walked away from what was being published and called queer romance, even though, well, actually it's called MN romance. But um, so mm. that happened. Um, but I started getting some of those readers back because in these questions, I would mention, like, you know, this is something I would never do. This is what I did instead. Oh, okay. um, or I would bring up, like, they say, what don't you like about? Like, because a lot of the questions are, what are you tired of? What are you over? What's, what, what's just so done? Um, and that would often be when I jump in and say, it's not done for us yet. Like, it's been super done for you, great. But, you know, yeah. we wouldn't mind having a, a royalty in disguise romance now and then. Can't think of any. <laughs> you know? That's a good point. Um, so, like, in the Hallmark Christmas Channel movies, people are like, oh, my God, that's Drek. It's done every year. I'm like, you know, I don't know where you can make this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so things like that. And, and, I mean, and I love those, and I read them, and I watch them. But yeah, yeah. it never includes us. So, right, right, right. yeah, the, the chats like that are a great opportunity to have a topic that's being looked at by the larger readership and actually mm. say, you know, queer versions of this exist because um, you wouldn't know it if you went and looked at, like, the New York Times reviews or things like right. that. Yeah. So I have a question. Sure. Are you a member of RWA? I am. And as so of next week, I will sign up for the Ottawa Romance Writers Association, too, because I haven't done that yet. It's January now. So if you are, <laughs> why don't you take over the RW chat? Uh, no, because it wasn't actually done by, it's done by a few people, a few specific okay. authors. It wasn't actually officially theirs, I don't think. Well, but. if they're, if they're stopping, there's nothing to... Well, I would feel really weird about taking their hashtag, though. Ask them. If they're not going to use it anymore, I'll come and help you. Okay. Seriously. Why don't... We created a thing? Holy <laughs> shit, we made a thing! What? I mean, well, technically they, they did. We're just sitting you know there. I don't no, know. We facilitated. It costs nothing to reach out to them. We find out right. if they are passing it on to anyone yet. If, they, if they're going to let it drop, then yeah. why not you know, pick or, up the torch? That's true. Or we're taking I'll total help. credit for this. Oh, yeah. We're taking total, total credit for this. Total. If Derek Kutzkin were here, he would he would do the same. He would take credit for this. And we'd learn from him. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. we're taking This is brilliant. Like seven times out of ten when we say, oh, yeah, that thing at CanCon was great. It wasn't our idea. Okay. <laughs> if we do nothing just, else with this podcast, it's Just fantastic. so we know, if it fails, it's your fault. <laughs> Okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not. No, no, it fails. Got nothing to do with us. It never has. What? This can become like this can become like the the byline for our podcast. Single handedly <laughs> saved. <laughs> <NW chat. laughs> Bam. I I await your angry letters, Internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, you teach me all about writing under a new name. <laughs> 
would totally. Yeah, no, you know what? It, it costs nothing to reach out to them and find out. No, I'll tell the co-host. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, like in all seriousness, yeah, I'm gonna double down on that because if it, like, yeah. it's it's a shame for something like that to go away. Yeah, well, yeah. And, that, and that's what I'm thinking. And yeah. and this way, you get to ask like your own questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, the worst thing they can say is, we'd rather you didn't. Right. And which yes. is, I mean, I totally yeah. respect that. Yes. And it's then we just invent our own hashtag. Exactly. Well, yeah. well, that was already my thought. I was like, okay, this is going. <laughs> I do want to do something like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the idea is that it had such a geographical outreach with the hashtag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Is there anything that, that it, like, that sort of chat hasn't touched on yet that you would want, like, um, like, whether it's you running it or whether, like, the organizers now were able to continue it, like. You know what, I find, so one thing that comes up a lot, um, and it's sort of fresh in my mind from a, re- a recent review, which I know we're not supposed to read, but we do. Oh, um, yeah. mm. the, uh, the notion of intersectionality, or mm. the idea that you can be more than one thing, seems so misunderstood among readership. Like, okay, you can you be mean? gay and Jewish. Right. Like, yeah. And uh, black. And black, you know. So, but the yeah, obviously. Where, and so, disabled, yeah. all at the same exactly. time. So yeah, exactly. if you write a character like that, I can guarantee you reviews where they say, it was obvious they had an agenda to represent everybody. Yes. Or, and I'm like, oh, it right. could just be, that's the character. That's the character. Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting. So I, like, I recently wrote um, a YA, and in the YA I put, uh, it's centered around a, a rainbow club in high school. Oh, cool. Um, so I spoke to, well, I say spoke to, I communicated online um, with a ton of um, Ottawa area um, GSAs and rainbow alliances yeah. and clubs. And, sags. and what I learned from that was that the kids, A, are all right. Um, <laughs> yes, they are. Probably better than the adults. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh so, hell yeah. So I was looking back at my own experiences, and I'm like, I cannot write a YA based on my experiences because my experiences are mumble, mumble, years out of date. So mm. I <laughs> had to, you know, and I was reaching out, and like, okay, what are your concerns? And so it was amazing because so many of the things were still the same, and so many things were incredibly different, mm. and that, that the overlap was quite a bit more than I thought it would be. So they were just as concerned as I was about, like, I don't know what the hell I want to do with the rest of my life. I'm 17. Yeah, exactly. like that kind of, and that's even worse now because I used to have an OAC grade where I could spend another year thinking yes. about what was yeah. going on, right? Um, mind you, I, mean, I skipped a grade. So I, I was about the same age as them. There used to be a grade 13. I know yeah, there used OAC. to be a grade 13. I'm a fucking teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually did two years of it because I didn't want to come to university at 17 years old. Um, so That's what I did. Yeah. And I turned out great. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry, <go on. laughs> so these kids they're looking at their lives ahead of them and they're like i don't know so that part was easy to write because I, I remember that right um, okay but i also wasn't like that because i had a plan for everything and I knew exactly mm. what I was do. but the thing that's been getting the most comment um in reviews is definitely like oh my god there's a pansexual and there's a non-binary person and there's a lesbian and i'm like yeah. Have you been to high school lately? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Have you walked down the street lately? So, yeah, yeah like, but it's interesting, hell? but again, the readership of YA is made up of two very distinct groups, actual young adults right. and adults who are trying to relive or people mm. who just enjoy reading YA. Right. And I find there's a disconnect between the actual experience of YA. Um, so like, oh, it's yeah. been really nice. I've also gotten some really lovely positive reviews where people say, oh my God, this is the first time I've seen my relationships actually represented in a YA. Mm. Oh, I will take that to my grave. That's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, there's a ton of, like, someone said I crammed every subgenre of sexuality into the book. Like, First of all, we're not subgenres. That's not how that works. <laughs> Good God. 
Oh. Yeah, and, and and crammed in this case meant like yeah. more than gays and lesbians, I guess. Well, like, it's not like I went out of my way to like throw in eleven characters. There's there's six kids in this group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like uh, so it was just mm. it was fascinating to watch these reviews on. Yeah. The thing that, that sorry, what? No, I was just gonna ask uh, Linda if you read reviews. Sometimes <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it, if if I'm trying to avoid writing and all the other things that I should be doing, mm. I will go and read the reviews. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I have been reading some of the ones lately because I'm re-releasing um, the Grigori Legacy. So there's some mm. new reviews coming up there. And a part of me is, you know, ever so curious. So I will sneak in and I will read. And so far they've been very positive. But when I was first starting out with that series way back in 2010. Way back. Way, way back. yeah, way, way back. it feels like way back before Brandon could vote, right? <laughs> Wait, hold on. What year, how old was I in 2010? Uh, no, I'm fine. Jesus. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I've learned to ignore the ones. Not everything that I write or you write or anybody yeah. writes is going to appeal to everybody. No, for sure. I'm writing for the people who enjoy it. The people who don't mm. can go find something else to write. Yeah. Or read. They could write. They could write. Yeah, yeah. They always seem to want to. They always say they can. Totally. Write yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, that's what got me writing. Cool. Yeah. yeah. You go do that then, yeah. kind Enjoy. reader. <laughs> there you go. Have fun. Let me know how that works out for you. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was yeah. <laughs> We're all You're just a little jaded. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? That stays in. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Oh, you're that woman on the oh, podcast. Yeah. You'll, you'll be at an Arrow function two years from now, and the one person who listens to this will be like, wait a second. <laughs> one of our eight listeners. Well, yeah, I was gonna, now we're down to one person who listens to this. Well, the one person who happens to be there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. One of our eight. Yeah, one of our eight. Don't, don't take away any of our eight listeners. <laughs> no, I know. We need those eight. Those, they're they're going to be the lifeblood of this fucking thing. <laughs> oh. oh, man. I will say that was one thing that was also good about coming from the bookstore. I knew that would happen. Mm. The writer reviews, because it didn't matter what book it was, someone loved it and someone hated it. Right. So that that's I've never actually had too much trouble with negative reviews. God, I was like, naive. I could just, just picture I could just picture that asshole customer telling me that oh, this yeah. book was terrible and that they should have their money back. I'm like, oh whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, I was totally naive. Oh yeah. Did did you get crushed a little bit by reviews like way back in the day? Um, By which I mean like 2012. <laughs> a little bit. I had enough good reviews to balance it out. Oh, that's good. Um, I think what crushed me was when book two came out and it basically didn't go anywhere. And then book mm. three, they only took the digital rights. And most of my readers were reading print, so they didn't even know that book three existed. Oh, the series tanked. It really did. And really? then my public. Oh, yeah, it did. Big time. Wow. And, okay, when you're working with one of the big publishers, yeah. the wheels, they turn very slowly. <laughs> I've heard this. And I was a very, very, I, I was like a flea on the back of a, <laughs> an elephant. <laughs> and so, I mean, none of their dollars, none of their effort, nothing was going into, right. it, it, it's not like it used to be when mm. they'd pick up an author and they, they would grow the author. No. Mm. Plus, I had just as digital books were becoming a thing. Okay. Exactly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they priced the uh, digital versions of books one and two mm-hmm. 
the same as the paperback versions. <laughs> I remember this. And yes. refused yes. to lower them. Really? Even though book three came out priced $4 lower. And I said, well, could we imagine? They go, no. Yeah. <laughs> so nothing made sense. I had no control. I couldn't do any marketing around sales or promotion. I could do nothing. Mm. So I'm going indie this time. Right. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Now, when you were working with a... The, the publisher, and this is just something I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. Were you represented by an agent? Or yes. Were you, okay. Yeah. Okay. So this was you and your agent trying to yes. get this stuff done and still not happening. Okay. And the, 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 when it came time when they bought the digital rights for book three, yeah. um, they promised a lot okay. that was not written into the contract. Oh. And my agent said, no, no, it'll be fine. And oh. I believed her. She's no. no longer my agent. She's yeah. no longer an agent. I believe she's oh, really? gone. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shit. So it was like, hmm. Mm. No, that's not and good. And I, you know, at book three, we're going into covers and I'd say, well, and they're going, no. No, oh, no. It's like, but you said no. Can't do it. <laughs> So, whether you're going indie or big publisher or small publisher, yeah. you've, you've got a set of challenges. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and and you, there's no one roadmap. No, of course not. Well, okay, there should be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, 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 I'm that, sorry. That, that would be great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That'd be lovely if I could fall. Yeah, that's fair. Could there that's be fair. a set of instructions that. that comes with this job? Well, it would be less fun, probably, <gasps> oh, right? God, I think I'd be willing for it to be less fun sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I could settle for less fun. We still fun. need to talk about your definition of fun. Yeah, we, I think we, we still really, yeah. we really we need to do. work this out. Yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, no, and there's the whole, like, if you compare yourself to other problems, like, yeah. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm oh yeah, I went through that. that this morning. Like that never yeah. goes away. No, it doesn't. No. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, on, on some level, it is it is hard, especially if you're on something like like Twitter and yeah. you know following lots of authors and following lots of agents, and what you're seeing is news about oh I just sold this story or oh I just signed up with this person or oh I just got this publishing deal, and you're sitting there like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I the think, thing, yeah. at least I have the own, I have my own out for that though, literally, because like most of those deals are happening with like people telling stories about straight characters, right? Right. right. So I yeah, did yeah. Go, oh yeah, that wouldn't have happened to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> See, and then and that's then, sad. Then something no, like, that, like Simon happens, right. and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, because that like that sort of thing drives me bonkers. Because in my mind, maybe I'm an idealist or something like. That doesn't sound right to me. Like, why? Why are there still? Why are, is it not? Well, I mean, so why is representation again, such a pain? There's that problem where the, the cresting wave, so the, the front wave. So yes, don't get me wrong. Stories are now okay. Let me rephrase this. There have always been stories about queer people, mm-hmm. um, and they've most often been written by queer people, um, but they never get the front engine of the publishing machine, right? So right. Like, people, I it's it's actually a little painful. Sometimes I hear like there are some new very popular queer YA authors who are writing queer YA Mm -hmm. and you hear them in their acceptance speeches saying things like I wrote the book that didn't exist when I was a kid but they're in like their late 20s early 30s Um, I promise you when they were a kid those books existed just no one gave them to them right okay Um, like I'm thinking the first one I read was um, is it Owls on my mind. I've gotten the name of that book wrong. Anyway, um, it was a book I read. It was written in '83. Oh Jesus! Um, right, and I, that was one of the first YA queer books I bumped into. No, I did bump into it until I was in my 20s and working at the bookstore and right, looking okay. up what was available. But no high school librarian was going to hand that to right, me. Right, right, and not that they would have known to do it anyway. No, for sure. So it's not that those books don't exist. It's that. 
they were produced by particular publishers and they kind of vanished into the void and it was a word of mouth kind of time of day and if you didn't have a local queer bookshop there was no way to find out they even existed right um, okay and if you were like in Canada block them at the border you know like there was there was so much going on right so but when I hear these like 30 somethings say like all oh, these books didn't exist when I was a kid I'm like yes they did yeah, yeah you still didn't know they were there and it would be so nice to see especially these young up-and-coming queer authors actually go look yeah and mm. see what was available before they say and they like could that. now because they, they have the internet yeah. Yeah. yeah like i think of michael thomas ford's suicide notes and anyway i could go on and on listing these titles that i only found in my 20s and 30s but i had to go looking right okay. we'll throw out a few that you think are yeah please are, are oh god well definitely any on my mind um uh yeah michael thomas ford wrote um suicide notes um oh god you're making uh, uh was it ruby um Ah, you're making me do this on demand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking the one yeah. that some of our eight listeners might be like, hey, I'm going to go check this out. Yeah, and this yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, This anyway, could be the second valuable thing yeah. to do with this podcast. <laughs> anyway, the, the point being that they existed, these books existed, and they do exist, but when you watch the sort of crest of publishing, it's changing a little bit now, mm. generally speaking, the first wave of the super popular books about these characters aren't written by those people. Right, okay. Right, right, so right, get, right. Like, this, like if, even if you just think of like the difference between men and women, yeah. the books that hit the bestsellers with women characters, how often are they written by women? Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, and, and that just plays across every marginalization, right? right so okay. like the books about queer characters, like like especially gay boys for some reason, they're generally written by women. Right, yeah. Um, if they're big name titles. Um, and that, that sort of, it's... It takes the wind out of your sails a little bit when you're when you're looking at these news. So when you're talking about following Twitter and I see these yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. deals go by, and I'm like, oh, and it's that same author. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. See, that's interesting. <laughs> like I look at sci-fi and fantasy, which is really the only genre yeah. that I I pay attention to in terms of trends and whatnot. And I look at you know the increase of I look I look at what I see as the increase of representation in that you know a lot of the books I read have a wider diversity of characters. But I hadn't thought of it like that, that it's still the same authors that are doing that. Often. I and, mean, don't get me wrong, you have the breakout hits, and I'm so happy those exist. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, but then you have the same repeating problem where they're like, this year's so-and-so. I'm like, you can have more than one of them a year, and they don't have well, to yeah. be compared to each other. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that drives me nuts. Like, this, you know, she's the next um, whoever. I'm like, no, no, she doesn't have to be the next no, whoever. She they can both be, exist in this Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, yeah she can yeah. just be herself. Yeah. So, it, like, is that trend, like... How do we get out of that? Because now, now I'm like I'm looking at the way that science fiction and fantasy is, and I'm sure it's true for romance as well. And all I'm I'm now all of a sudden it, it give me this weird feeling in my stomach that maybe it's not as good as I think it is. And so how do we? So I think the indie market is doing it better, and others okay. probably will. Right. Uh, so the big six, or it's big five now. Five. Right? Yeah. Sorry, Random and Penguin merged. Um. So I think the big five are always going to be the slowest. To change, because they're going to hang on yeah. to the market, to the things that already worked. Right, that they're always going to do the things that they've always done if those things worked. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's always going to be up to the the smaller presses to kind of nudge the change. And if you watch, generally speaking, that's kind of how it's worked. Like mm. when something takes off in the indie market, then Big Five copies it. Right, because right. they because um, they see money, they right? Can. Yeah, because um, they can. And, yeah. and they, you know, if they have a if they have a Harry Potter year, they're way <laughs> more willing to try something new because right. it's something to flush. Right, right, right. right. Um, yeah, so like I used to love when there was some massive breakaway or some massive big hit, even if it wasn't particularly out of the box, because I knew that meant the year after there'd be new chances taken on a bunch of new titles from the, whichever right. publisher it was. Right, okay. Because they had money. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Hmm. You're changing my worldview on things. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a bad thing at all. Right? It's just like... <laughs> the good news is you're still a man. <laughs> you're going to get the advantages. See, but that, now I feel like an asshole. <laughs> like, it, it, like, okay, I, I, I'm going to tell you exactly what goes through my mind when I'm, when I'm writing stuff. It is Obviously, I want to have a diversity of characters. And, mm-hmm. and, and when I'm inventing characters for a work, whatever particular identities they have, it, it has to serve the story, right? right. And, and that, that, first and foremost. But the, la- and the last thing that I want is, like, as much as I want to be successful, I would never, like, and I'm not going to lie about that. I would love to be successful in a New York Times bestseller. Yeah. But I, the last thing I would want is, you know, to, to be successful because I have a range of, di- like, of diverse characters, you know, and I'm the straight white guy, right? Like, I call it staying in my lane. So, okay. so I do write diversely, obviously, yeah. but generally speaking, my point of view character will be pretty close to me. Yeah, that, that tends to be what um, I do. So I think you're fine. Okay. Um, where I start to worry is when, like if I was trying, like, I guess my point is if maybe I could write an amazing bisexual woman romance novel, right. it's possible I could do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would rather promote Fiona Riley and Rebecca. Right, okay, okay. Than yeah. write that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. But of course, yeah. I'm going to have bisexual women in my stories. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I, I call it staying in my lane. Yeah. Like as long as I'm not taking that voice from somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I attended a couple of the uh, the workshops and panels that Nathan did at the um, Romancing the Capital mm-hmm. um, last year, mm-hmm. and the the novel that I just put out, Abigail Always. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself, and it's just so ridiculous <laughs> that it. I, I had been. So white and so privileged, mm. and he opened my eyes to so many things. And it was just—it was about the inclusion aspect. Right, okay. I am not writing point of view characters from like I, I have a black character in this, but I'm not writing the black experience. Right, okay. Because the black experience—I don't own that. I've never right. lived that. I Absolutely. cannot. But I can write a character who happens to be black because I happen to know a lot of colored people in my life and a lot of people who fall under the LGBTQ... I always screw that one. <laughs> That's <laughs> why I say queer. Queer. Yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. I, I know people who struggle with disabilities. I, right, I know okay. These are right, all right, people right. who are in my immediate circle. And, okay. But they haven't made an appearance in any of my books mm. and then listening to the panels on and the, the workshop on just simple inclusion i'm like whoa <laughs> <laughs> you start so, questioning yourself a little bit well I, I did and but and and like you said struggling with yeah. you know how far how much inclusion where what, what are the lines and i like the staying in my lane yeah. i i i think that i'm staying in my lane but my lane includes these People. They'd include right, people right, from right, right. every. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm a pedestrian and I, I'm walking along, and you know, yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. else is walking along beside me. I like that. At least for a couple of blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Good it was, analogy. It was, it was a great panel. There were like four or five of us on there, and we all had different sort of identities to speak from, and mm-hmm. it was great. We're all looking at each other, going, "Oh wow, yeah!" You know, like it, it was very cool. Was passing the ball back and forth, but yeah. So that that's, and it's interesting because I find that people who are writing in mainstream fictions kind of have more power there mm-hmm. to actually increase that visibility and diversity because you've already got mainstream readers. Right. right. Okay. So, and we have a responsibility to oh. do it. 
Right. You know I'll go that way. No, we do. We do. And that was what you opened my eyes to. There Mm -hmm. is a responsibility to make this mainstream because Mm -hmm. it is, and we need to just put it out there. And especially in science fiction because whether you care or not, you're world building. So if you tell me a far future and there are zero queer people in it, what happened to them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. <laughs> like that, my, that's where I go. Yeah, um, like I've read so. Like I used to love urban fantasy. It was my favorite genre until mm-hmm. I realized if there was a gay character, he would die. Yeah, yeah. And he died and died and died and died and died. And then I'm like, I'm done. I, and that was why I wrote one because I got yeah. sick to death of the only character being the gay werewolf um, who dies, generally to show the heroine that she's in trouble. Yeah. Um, or defending her in some way. And it was just it was literally at the point where when I was reading a mainstream. Mm-hmm. Urban fantasy. I'm like, oh, they've got a gay character. Ah, oh, do I keep reading? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I mean, now we live in the age of the internet, so I can look it up and see if it's listed on the Bury Your Gays list or not. But you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's not, there's an actual Bury Your Gays list that's out there. Oh god, yeah. If you go to TV, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. But no, yeah, TVTropes.com is brilliant for that. They list all the various tropes. But oh, yeah, if you okay. click Bury Your Gays, it goes on for pages and pages. Oh, for God's sake! Yeah, it's like, oh, it's worse for lesbians and bisexual oh, really? women. They, oh my god, they die like flies. It's it's incredible. Especially on TV. Because you can have lesbians and bisexual women on TV. That's not as threatening, right? Mm. But they're going to die. <laughs> they're <laughs> like not going to be happy. It's like being a red shirt on Star Trek? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. And that representation problem, I know, is it, it's it's very bad in fantasy and, and sometimes mm-hmm. historical fantasy oh, as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, because I, I teach medieval history, I engage with this on a few levels, that people have in, in their mind this time when... There was like this homogenous society. Everybody's one race, <laughs> yeah. and there was no diversity. Oh, and, God, yeah. you know, and like, okay, well, I mean, you're fully aware that never existed, right? <laughs> but that's you know, some people that's the world they want to create, and like they're they're fine with fantasy stories in which there is no diversity because oh well, that's what the past was like. And you know, they'll say, why are you cramming in all of these different races, or why are you cramming in all these different these different orientations? And it's like. <laughs> Okay, um, okay. Rolling that boulder up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I've heard of like the silk trade, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I like, think you the, know what that means. <laughs> like I think the best response I've seen to it, seen I've seen to it and, and I've seen a bunch of different people make this is like if you can imagine uh, a, a world in which there's dragons and magic and, yeah, and wizards, yeah. but you can't imagine black people. We have problems with your imagination. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that that, that. yeah, that's yeah. right. We can imagine a future in space on another planet with you know yeah. all kinds of aliens, yeah. but but yeah, if, if if there's queer people, okay, no, no, I'm, I'm no. Done. or or you can have things like the uh, um, like Star Trek episode where they, yes. meet, they meet a whole race of people who have no gender and everyone's flummoxed. I'm like, hello. Non-binary people that are like, why don't you ask, you know, non-binary Mitchell from engineering to make the story to <laughs> yeah. like, Where did we go? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. again, I'm completely forgetting who I saw talking about this online, but they they were saying that Star Trek is really deeply disturbing if you're if you're yeah. disabled. Oh yeah, because oh, there's yeah. no disabled people. No. So what happened? Yeah, either they fixed everybody yeah. in their quotes, or yeah, or they're like marginalized to the point where they're not involved yeah. in any of the society that we yeah. see, and they're like, if you if you you know, think about it. Okay, this is a this is disturbing. Yeah, it's a terrible. Yeah, yeah. You've got Jordy and you've got the, the deaf diplomat on um, the next gen. Yes, the and one deaf diplomat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. Wow. Yeah, no. It's like, <laughs> I you know. Yep. I had the same experience watching Star Trek. There's just no queer people. 
they're just not there. And yeah. every time the Federation ran into some sort of alien version of that, because of course we can't be human, but we could be aliens. No, of yeah. course. Um, of course. Everyone was so disturbed or didn't know how to deal with it. I'm like, what happened to us? Like, where are we? Yeah, because it was there was the first time they show up on on Next Generation. There's the the, the trill those that race that yep. moves yeah. between different bodies, oh, yeah. and yeah, all of a sudden, was, and yeah, everybody's like, no, we can't do that. We can't. I'm like, we? No, no, you mean you? Yeah, <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah, don't speak for humanity. Yeah, oh, like, God, Beverly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, this idea of, of 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 two women having a relationship, like, my God, we can't deal with this. Like. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I never and, liked yeah. Beverly. <laughs> she, seriously, she drove me up the wall. I just hated how how less competent she was. So again, when mm. Next Gen came out, you had Bones and you had and Crusher. Right? Those were the two yeah. dogs yeah. you've seen, right? Yes. Bones saved everybody all the time, right? Unless they were just he's dead, Jim, right? Yeah. You know, before yeah. that, yeah. 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 yeah, nothing. Yeah. Beverly had like such a terrible success rate. Yes, that's okay. She was a girl. Exactly. It's more realistic. But on the other hand, like when your precedent was like hundred years earlier, it was easy to fix everything. Yeah. It didn't look so good for her. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a really good point. Yeah, that really bugged me. I think the flatline scene had become more of like a a, a, a TV trope. Yeah. That this yeah. is what you yeah we have yeah. the you know charge and clear and shock them and yeah. oh they're gone. Oh, and going back to disability is the one where uh, Worf gets injured and he'd rather die. Yes, he'd rather. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. There's a medical solution to the problem. Of course. Okay, after all. Yeah, of course, yeah, hand yeah. wave you. Um, yeah. Can we look at Star Trek Discovery? Because I know because Nathan, I you watched Star Trek Discovery. Because I know again, <laughs> because I, no, because and the reason I bring it up, so I, Nathan, I, I remember you being very, very outspoken. Yeah. Online. So and I, and, they, were going, they were doing they were doing kind of okay. <laughs> you were going to say so well. They were doing better walked, than usual. <laughs> so they had so they had what, they did two things that I really appreciated. Um, one, they had a gay couple, yeah. and it was just it just happened. It was from step one kind of thing. You met them, and you're like, oh, cool, they're a couple. That's great. Yeah. One was an asshole, um, which I really appreciated, because so often when you do introduce the gay character, they're like super competent, super kind, super supportive. All they are there to do is to serve the other characters and be like a supportive character. Like you get the gay best friends in group, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the engineer, um, Stamets, he's an asshole. Like, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's awful. I, I loved him. You know, I was so excited about that. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, his, his boyfriend, on the other hand, was like this super hot, um, beautiful. I mean, the guy, the actor that plays him, is just so gorgeous, right? Yeah. And super smart. And they kept sort of putting him across as like the most understanding, empathetic, smartest person on the ship. And I'm like, uh oh. I've read this so many times. Uh oh. And and the thing is, I was actually getting nervous um, because it also, when they first advertised it, it really looked like they were showing us a series about a woman serving under another woman mm-hmm. exploring the galaxy because all of the previews showed you um, Captain Georgiou yeah. and, and and Michael and I'm like oh this is fantastic and then they killed Georgiou yeah. and I was like oh and now we have a male captain Yep. again okay oh and we've stripped Michael of her rank ooh okay <laughs> um, and the second officer is a boy alien okay alright yeah. um, and, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse and then of course they, they kill the boyfriend um, and they kill the boyfriend when the boyfriend does something incredibly stupid and he's been so smart yep. up to this point yeah yes. I remember watching that scene I was like yes. what are you doing yeah, like you, I know you're a doctor so <laughs> and then they gave statements absolutely zero time to have an emotional reaction to it it was just done yeah. Um, and then they did this sort of hand wavy um, now they get to talk to each other a little bit and the thing is he's in season two so maybe they're going to unbury the gay but by this point I don't care I just, right yeah, yeah okay I mean, yeah 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 and they told us they weren't going to do it that was the part that really got me yeah because I, I remember so that. clear saying no 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 we haven't buried our gays I promise 
and then he was just dead for the rest of the season. I'm yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Because even, <laughs> even the actors came out and, and said, yeah. well, we get it. Don't, you know, don't worry. Everything's going to work out. And, yeah. and... I swear the writer's room has been feverishly, oh God, how do we get him back? I swear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they were just like, we've got to fix this problem. Yeah. No um, doubt. Because I don't think they expected the reaction they got. But that's, there you go. There's my conspiracy for the podcast. <laughs> and they were never planning to bring him back. <laughs> I, can, I can believe that. And then, you know, you get the actors go out and do their publicity and make sure, no, everything's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. I, I can buy that. Which is unfortunate. It also really bothered me that the brown character was the undercover terrorist, but we'll stop there. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> and they used the phrase racial, racial reassignment surgery. They could have used oh, anything. Yep. And oh. it shows that phrase. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a dicey first season. Oh, like, yeah. I, I, I mean, and it was it was good in many ways, but I was like, I, but, I just want to go back to Voyager, please. I don't know. Yeah. I liked Voyager. Voyager, I thought was awesome. I've, I've, I loved it's Captain probably, Janeway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's got my favorite cast. DS9, I think, had the best episodes mm. in places, but yeah. yeah. I was never that, that big into, into DS9. Like, yeah. I, and yeah, I, I, I don't know why. I think it was the boldly stay where no one has stayed. But yeah, I, 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 Voyager was uneven. There, there were oh, some yeah, terrible yeah. Voyager yes. episodes. Oh, there were. Oh, there were. into lizards and have babies. Yeah. That, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, overall, I, I liked Voyager. Yeah. yeah. Seven of nine was problematic, but yeah. But, yeah. Voyager, yeah. I enjoyed Voyager yeah. overall. And Portrait of Tay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Star Trek is just problematic overall. I think you know, it amazing. is. It, it tries so hard, and it, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like... People talk about it's like this is such a rosy future, and I'm like, well, for certain people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, it does come from that place, right? Like yeah. Gene Roddenberry was a totally. he was trying to imagine this yeah. really wonderful future where human society was in this wonderful place, yeah. and it, I, I mean, I guess it kind of shows the perspective he was writing from yeah. that yeah. his really wonderful future when you start to look at it through other lenses. Yeah, yeah okay, it's more problematic than may, probably you thought. Yeah. Well, you think as the one of my favorite things, sort of Star Trek trivia things, is the. Um, the line, you remember when Sulu was exposed to that virus and he goes a little crazy and he's waving his sword? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he, he, he grabs Uhura and sort of pushes her behind him and says, um, I'll save you, fair maiden. Yes. Like yes. And she's like, sorry, neither. Yeah. That wasn't mm. written in the episode. Oh, she really? She ad-libbed. Oh, because I didn't if it know had that. been written in the episode, it wouldn't have made it past the censors. Jeez. Oh, interesting. So there's some great pieces of Star Trek that people are like, wow, look at what they did. And I'm like, no, no, they didn't do that. No. Michelle Nichols did that. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's there's just stuff I love about Star Trek lore that when you dig into it, you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that wasn't actually them. I did not know that. that. That's interesting. Uh, I'm going to rewind a bit. Yes. Um, because you were talking about having to write under a name, under a, under a different name. Because, I haven't, but yes. Yeah, no. but well, no, that you were going to because of because we're going to get in trouble yeah. without every chat. Yeah. And <laughs> your Grigori Legacy series that's re-released, you're you're doing it under a pen name. Now. I am. So can you talk to me or us about me and our eight listeners? About, <laughs> uh, like, why did you decide I'm, I'm to do that? Still here, Evan. Um, I guess, Brandon. Jesus. Uh, Plug your ears; you can't hear this. All right, I'll, I'll why did you decide to put on the pen name? How did you choose your pen name? As well? The the decision was because. Um, for Linda Poitvin, I'm better known for my romance. Okay. And the Grigori legacy is not. There, there is a romantic thread. There, there is a bit of a love story that winds through it, but it is not a romance. Okay. It does not have a happy ending for the characters that we start out with. Um, so I wanted to separate because I, I'm, I'm starting to develop a, a fairly good solid romance following and I didn't want them to accidentally pick up one of these books and go what the hell is this 
No, that's true because that's a huge part. Like the romance contract is they will be happy. Yeah, right. Right. and there is right. exactly, yeah. and there, that, that that does not exist in the Gregory right. legacy. Right. So I decided that if I was, I got my rights back from my publisher, and I thought, okay, well, first of all, first of all, when I got the rights back from my publisher, I said to my agent, I have a new agent. I said, I got the rights back, and he says. Yay, I can't do anything with it. <laughs> what? <laughs> because Amazon, oh, yeah. God love them, allows third-party sellers. Right, yes. So there are always going to be print copies of those original books available. And as long as there are print copies available, no other publisher will look at you. Right. <laughs> and, like, what? and this gets further complicated by the bots that sell your books at $3,000 a piece. Right. Which will never sell because it's just, it's just all run by machines. Yeah, which so I don't understand. Like, it, it, it holds the listing. Oh. Yeah. So I can do nothing with another publisher with the series. So I thought, oh, okay. interesting. Relaunch, rebrand. <laughs> if I'm going to, new covers. You know. I went yeah, through, I, I did a bit of an edit. I included a little bit of inclusion in the books this time around yeah we we, we went not a lot because it was really hard to write in without rewriting the entire flipping book and right yeah i drew the line at that but i I know better and i do better now how's that (laughs) we talked about this at that that conference there's like sometimes you know even just having the doctor's surname be out of bio yeah Which is something that's obviously not Smith. I did do that. I did do that. I went through and I changed names and, you know, a a wife became a husband. And Mm -hmm. it's like, Mm -hmm. yes. So I did do some of that. But it was um, the the name. I thought, okay, I'm going to have a pen name. So I'm working with a a book coach for the relaunch. And she's absolutely wonderful. What's a book coach? She's she is a she's a, a best selling author herself, and she runs a promotion business on the side. Oh, okay, and she helps authors who are re- doing relaunches or just coming out, like getting their start in their career. So she is mentoring me through this. It's very cool. Yeah, that's, I've never. She's mentoring that. me through a rapid release. Oh, okay, because I've never done one of those, and I'm kind of starting from scratch, and I'm I'm tired of spending money and time. At beating my head against that brick wall because right. I figure, okay, she knows what she's doing. She's yeah, really yeah. good at it. Why wouldn't I just get her to tell me what to do? And then I can use that as I go forward in other other books as well. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we went back and forth on you know she gave me a a, a list of criteria for choosing a name and. And I have a reader group on Facebook, and I threw out a whole bunch of names to them, and they didn't like any of them. Oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> All right, fine. You don't get a vote anymore. None. So wow. it's too much like this, and it's too much like that. And I said, okay, fine. So I ended up, I've always loved the name Lydia. Okay. It happens to be my mother's first name. Okay. Oh, okay. She was never known by Lydia. She went by Lorraine for her entire life. I know, right? It's such a beautiful name. Yeah. So the Lydia came from there. The M is for my dad, Mike. Okay. And the hawk was suggested by a, one of my readers in the group who just thought it sounded and looked cool. And I yeah. went, that's brilliant. <laughs> it's perfect for urban fantasy, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's hawk with an E. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And yeah. now I've got a website and a newsletter and a Facebook page and a Twitter account yep. and an Instagram. And that's wow. it. Fancy. I don't, and that was such a lot of work. <laughs> And you can cross-promote, because now you can say, I can. this is my urban fantasy. Yes. This is my romance. And right, your readers okay. are going to go in knowing. Also yeah. writing as. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just finished updating the back matter for all my romance books. Yeah. And, I've, yeah, mm. that's in there. There's a link. Yeah. 
I'm learning. <laughs> oh, the le- but the learning curve. Has anybody else noticed that the learning curve is perpendicular and it never I, ends? I, honestly, I have noticed that. Oh, yeah. my Jump, God. Jumping into YA for the first time? Oh, my oh. God, yes. Yeah, it's a completely different schedule. Yeah. I mean, everything, every day. <laughs> there are days I'm like, okay, why? Why don't you do this? <laughs> Going back to it because it's fun. Yay! <laughs> okay, let's fun. define that fun okay. thing right now. It's okay, it just it, it just takes it takes years off the end of your life. That's and that those years suck anyway, so it's fine, right? Probably the youngest person in the room. All right, Shane, yeah, you're, you're not. <laughs> I think I need to start worrying more than anybody in here. <laughs> oh man! So is there really? I mean. This probably sounds like a stupid question, but is there really like that huge of a divide between somebody who reads romance and somebody who reads, say, urban fantasy? Like, is is there no? There's a lot of crossover. Okay, because I would imagine there would. Yeah. But there are your diehard romance fans who, that when they pick up a book by the same author, they're yeah. expecting that happy ending. Right, and there's such a hard, huge contingent that, that you have to go with a pseudonym or like a pseudonym, and it, like because that's always seemed odd to me. Like, why can't I just do what I want? So. You, you can. can. You can. But, but it may not reflect well on you. Yeah, so <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I don't know why Evan is glaring at me. No, like, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, yeah, I'm so just I, saying. I had a it really long nice. back and forth with my publisher because okay. of the YA. Really? Because the YA? It's a very different job. Right. right. Really? So they're like, listen, um, the thing is, I, it's funny because you, you talk about this a lot. The writers talk about it a lot, like, what is your brand? Right. Okay. Luckily, my brand is queer spec fic. Mm-hmm. So that can be romance. That can be right. Like, that can be so. That's okay. That yeah. If you pick up one of my books, you know there's probably going to be some weird psychic magic something. Yeah. Um. But I can still write a romance or a mystery or, or okay. I never really tried to write a mystery. But yeah, anyway, so the the genre conventions, I still have to follow them. But the I do bump into it and I, I absolutely promise you. Like, and this is even I find this comes even stronger from non queer readers. Um, when I write a queer science fiction book, they're angry if there isn't a romance in there. But never mind that it says it's a science fiction and it's shelved under fantasy and there's no half-naked people on the cover because I've gone out of my way to make it yeah. look as science fiction-y as possible. Yeah. I still get reviews of like, oh, the, the, the romance was really light. I'm like, it's because yeah. it wasn't one. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't matter. They like People will equate a gay book. Well, if it's gay, then obviously there has to be a romance. So why would it be gay? <laughs> Right? And, Jesus But that Christ comes from way. outside the community for the most part. Wow. Right? So there's a large and loyal readership of women, uh, of women who like to read gay romance books. And when they cross over from one of my romance into one of my sci-fis, they hit that wall mm-hmm. where they're like, wait, where's the romance? Um, so I, I try so hard to be clear on what my books are. Um, and so, like, when it's a romance, I call it a romance so loud. <laughs> Big capital letters. Uh, but I have to do the same when it's not. Just yeah. like, this wow. is a science fiction. Like, I did a collection of short fiction. And first of all, it's boy, people don't really good. Uh, no, no, it's really good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm only about halfway through because I stopped reading so I could get this. Yeah, you said the month. This month. lovely book done. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. Uh, but yeah, yeah, science, so I, I went out of my way to say this is a collection of short fiction stories. Some of them are romance, yeah. most of them are not. And oh, so, wow, it's like. Some of these stories are depressing. Like, well, well yeah. that's <laughs> yeah, because not it. A... And you know, it was amazing. Wow. I, and I bump into that over and over and over again. So I, I totally agree. If you were writing romance and you were also writing something not romance, you have so much work to do to make wow. sure that your readers understand this is not a romance. Like, yeah. So yeah, I just, new website, new name. Wow. I'm a whole new person. Is it ever hard being two people? <laughs> <laughs> 
wow, I had not expected that. I I can only imagine. I mean, I have trouble staying up to date on one social media yeah, presence and two. I hear that. One of them is falling by the wayside. She's pretty much on her own. <laughs> Sink or swim, lady. Yeah. No, like, I, I have enormous, enormous respect for anybody that goes indie or, or small press or self-pub or, or what have you because I, I know I don't have the energy or the brain capacity to do it. I'm lucky that I have the brain capacity for my day job and just to write. I don't want to do any of the other stuff. Like, I can. See, writing is my day job. Well, so yeah, you know, I, I I do have more disposable hours. Yeah. But I think even if writing was my day job, I don't think I would want to do the other stuff. No. I, I don't know if I like. So I, that's why I have, I have enormous respect for anybody who can because I. Well, it's not for everybody. No, and it took me a long time to want to try. Like I mm. did. Like I, I have a publisher, Bolt Strokes Publishers. Most of the stuff I've done, or I've been with Lee V, or, or mm. you know, so I've I've, hit, I've had I've worked with a few different publishers. Um, what I did was I kind of sort of. Stole learning. So, I, I mean, every time I got edited, I'm like, oh, so that's how that works with this publisher, and that's how that works with this publisher, and then I watched the market. And, mm. and so, like, with anthologies especially, um, I met all these editors, because um, I love writing short fiction. It's just, it's so sad that the world doesn't love short fiction as much as it should. Yeah, I hear that. Um, and so when it was time when I was like, okay, I got the rights back to a novella, the book that it was included in, there were four novellas by four different authors that that, that publisher went under. Like, so I have this back. I could indie release this. It's already been edited. Oh, and I'm like, okay, so I've already hit the stage where I have a product that's ready to go. And I actually know all these people because I've been traditionally published. So I hired the artist that I liked the best from my covers. And I hired... So, and that, so right. I hired yeah, yeah, all yeah. the contacts. So I think if you can, especially if you're writing short fiction, you can meet so many of the people involved in doing some of the indie stuff that when it is time when you're staring at this giant list going, oh my God, I'm in charge of getting an ISBN and I'm in charge of cover art and marketing and listing and all the different formats and uploading yeah, yeah, yeah. here and there and everywhere. Wait, I know people who do this. And most of them also freelance. That's um, interesting. So, yeah, I just I managed to hire all the people that I enjoyed working with the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I released In Memoriam, I didn't do the work. I hired people to do it for me. It was almost like getting traditionally published, but it was still an indie release. Yeah. Wow. I hadn't thought of that. That's a really good yeah. Idea. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... You probably know all the people with all the skills that you don't have. Probably. I don't know why I'm looking at Evan as a thing. I don't know why you're looking at me at all. I have no skills. <laughs> Like well, I know these people. Look at the our CanCon list serve. Yeah. Oh, list serve is still a thing, right? <laughs> Never mind. That, that, that was quite a look. <laughs> Welcome to our dynamic all the time. But yeah, I hire out for most of my stuff. Um, I've got an editor that I've been working with for years. Okay. And I'm I'm building a a stable of very good beta readers. Oh free. yeah, they need yeah. Free. They're awesome. <laughs> Wait, do they get anything out of this aside? Like... I'm going to send them a copy of the okay, finished book. Okay. Yeah, of I, course. I name characters after them. Nice. Oh, you do that. Oh, they, okay. oh, right. I have to go back and put the acknowledgements in. Thank you. Yep, yep. See, the book is not released yet, so I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the beauty too of having full control. If you forget something, you screw it up. You just go back. As long as it's not out in print. It, it, and anybody who's already uh, got it, it delivers a new version. Does it actually? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can do updated files. Yep. Yeah. That's phenomenal. I don't know why I'm surprised that that's a thing. It's awesome. I'm not as tech-savvy as I thought I was, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and the podcast is educational for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> All the things that you don't know. <laughs> Something technology-wise goes wrong in my classroom, I get my students to fix it for me. 
That's fair. Very wise. Okay. That's cool, though, that it'll update automatically. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And there's more and more indie authors are forming alliances and groups. Ooh. Oh, yeah, like the Kraken Collective. Um, that, that's a group I've met online of, of queer indie sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and they all support each other. They oh, do cool. these great cool. crossover promotions. Yeah. Where, like, that's okay, awesome. We're, we all want to do a sale. We're all going to drop our title to 99 cents for this week, and then we're all going to promote the heck out of each other. That's yeah. cool. That's because a brilliant idea. it's always better to promote someone else, right? Than oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So weird. Oh, yeah. 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 I hate yeah. promoting myself. Yeah. I will promote anybody before myself, yeah. really, at the end of the day. Yeah, so wow. that, I did that last year with Emma and it was fantastic. They did a what they they did a quiz. You could take a quiz to find out which character from which of the books you were most like. Oh, cool. Well, that's cool. Um, and then that sent you to the link of the book. And, yeah, that's really cool. Do you know, like... Um, I was going to what's the return on that? I don't know if that's the right phrasing, but like how... I saw a market improvement. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was funny, to the audiobook of all things. Um, really? Because that's the other thing. One of the reasons I wanted to do an indie release was um, the financing of having an audiobook is incredible. Um, it's such an expensive process. And of course it is. Um, but a novella, not as much. Mm. And I knew someone who had just gotten, had just set up their, their sort of office for recording, their oh. studio. And I'm like would you do my novella? Because what I really wanted mm. was to have an audiobook available. I listened to a lot of books, and it was kind of killing me that I didn't have something on audio I could right. suggest to people. And people ask, do you have any on audio? Yeah. Um, just from an accessibility point of view, I wanted to say yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, so um, it was actually, he's actually also my editor. Um, so he, he did the recording for me, um, and he did a great job, in my opinion. Um, so I now have an audiobook that I could offer, and that was where I saw the blip. Interesting. Um, in sales of all places, it was fun. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I want to get some of mine into audio too, but it is so cost prohibitive. It's really it? expensive. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, it's someone and spending hours and hours right, and hours right, right. of their time, and I, they have to do it at a high quality. And oh my God, you're basically forced to do with Amazon because this is Audible, which is right, part of Amazon. Right. So they have this amazing ability to say, "No, there's a problem with the file. Uh, where? What problem? Can yeah. you tell me more? And they there's won't... a problem with the file." That's the answer. So extremely just, helpful. Yeah, it's awful. It really is. Jesus. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna put that down. <laughs> Thank you. But if you hire someone who's done it, yes, right, they then, then they don't yeah. get around. Yeah. The... Did you at any point think of doing your own recording? No. No. Why um, not? It's, it, it, and it's funny too. I was about to say because I don't know that I could carry the character, but this is probably the character I wrote that was most like me. Um, I don't think I could handle. The back and forth with the fix it part. I would. I don't have the equipment. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I don't have a soundproof room. I don't have any of the bits and pieces. But I'm not sure I even have the patience to, 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 to manage that. I would love to read my own if I had the space to do it in and an editor to fix it yeah. up for me. Right. Because right. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, that, I mean. For my for my short stories, I would love to because I feel like recording a short story, I could do that in a day, knowing mm-hmm. it would be a long day. Um, right. Yeah. But. Even the novella, oh God, no, I don't think yeah. I could, yeah. Because, yeah, I've spoken to some some authors who are like you. Like, yeah. it, it, like I want to do the, the recording. And, you, you, you have know. that awesome sex. Well, no, no, not, not, not me, not me. Uh, but, like, oh. yes. thank you is the right thing to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. take, take no, the compliment. You, you have a great audio yes. well, Thank you. Yeah. There you go, you got a side career right there. There we go, yeah. Um, but, yeah, some authors are super protective. Like, yeah, I, it's my story, I want to tell it. Uh, and then, yeah, some are happy not to and some people get celebrity celebrity readers mm-hmm. um, but yeah you just just it was more of a practical thing with you I guess. yeah yeah 
I remember reading an interesting story. I don't think Audible does this, but like back when books on tape were a thing, yeah. uh, that oh, yeah, okay. some of the people who would do recordings, this would be things that prisoners yes. would, would volunteer their time to do. Really? And apparently one of the people who did a lot of them was a serial killer, uh, James Kemper. Oh, no. So for a while, there was a really good chance that if you were listening to a book book on tape, that it was being read to you by a serial killer. (laughs) No friggin' way. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'm not, or, sort of. or, or disturbing. Deeply I mean, disturbing. In a deeply disturbing. Apparently, he's really good at. But I, 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 I use the definition of awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I use the word awesome. It's very, awesome fun. <laughs> it's awesome fun. I, I use the word awesome very liberally. Like, like, apparently, like, so. Yeah. Actually, isn't that like the real definition of awesome though? Like, yeah, like I, I'm, well, I'm in. Oh, yeah, I'm yes. in awe yes. of this, awe, of this yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, like it's like you know, like the flooding at work and, and how damaging that was to the school. I, that's awesome because I'm in awe yeah. of just how. Yeah, it's, it's not actually. It's not great. We're going with that. Yeah, we're sure, going. Sure. Yeah, sure, why not? I was being literal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's that's a great defense of my, my use of, of words. Oh. Wow. I hadn't even thought of that. See, I, I've listened to maybe two audiobooks in my life. So I, I love them. Um, I, have, yeah. I have limited visual ability to look at screens or read. I start to get headaches. So oh, I, fair enough. I listen to a lot of books, yeah. Interesting. It must yeah. be hard for writing. Yeah. Well, no, I can do about an hour and a half. And then I have to stop. Okay. okay. And, and happily, now that we have a husky, that's no problem. Yeah. Go <laughs> <laughs> so for a walk. Done. Uh, I like, we should go now. It's only been 10 minutes. Now. Right. Yeah. Now? Now? So now. I, like, how do you get around that? Because I know with kids, like, uh, friends of mine have all sorts of strategies for, like, you know, if I'm wearing my writer hat, it means don't bother me. I'm writing children. You can't do that with a dog. So how do yeah. you, like... Oh, well, he, he gets what he wants, basically. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's unfortunate. To fair, that's totally how it works with children, too. Is it, um, though? Oh, yeah, I would say 90% of the time, if the kid wants you to do something and you want to write, you're going to end up doing what the kid wants you to do. Okay. Like, it'd be like One more reason to write I'm... during class time, right? Well, I, which yeah. I would never do. No, of no. course not. Ever. I've never, ever, ever but done But, like, that. you know, telling the kids, like, you can't ask me questions, that's not going to fly, right? Oh, like, yes, it does. It depends on the age. Because I, I used to put a note up, like <laughs> I had my desk in my in our bedroom, and I just put a note up on the door that said, <laughs> do, "Do not enter uh, unless the house is on fire, someone is bleeding, and death is imminent." <laughs> and, death is imminent. <laughs> and death is imminent. That's important. Yeah. yeah. So if oh, yeah. the house yeah. is on fire and someone's bleeding, but that's it. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> then we can't die. It's a small fire. <laughs> We're gonna wait five more minutes yeah. Yeah. to yeah. leave the ceiling. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the thing small is fire. There's not a lot of blood. It, you know, exactly. No. Look after it yourself, or for heaven's sake, you know. Heaven forbid, go tell your father. <laughs> because that was the thing, eh? The well, he should be able to deal with a lot of emergencies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's for dinner? Mom, what's for dinner? Can, yeah, you would can think you get be, this? Yeah. Can I have that? Can you ask your father? Yeah, well, he should be like, I mean, given his line of work, you would think, right? But no, 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 no. He was the pushover in the family. And I, really? I just, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Three girls. Oh, and okay. They yeah, all that's had him wrapped around their little fingers. That, that doesn't. It yeah, was just. I can see that. Sad. <laughs> I can see that actually. But I, 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 with my students, it's you know in, in class, it's a work period. If I'm in the middle of a conversation with somebody, or I'm in the middle of, of like writing an email, and they come and ask me a question, I make them wait. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. and, and you know what's interesting, and, and you know, I make my dog wait. We, too. we might have to cut this out. With it. <laughs> it, 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 wait, but I mean, like, like they'll come up and. and I don't know why, but and it depends on the student. It depends on the class, and they're going to listen to this and give me shit for this later. But um, it depends. Like 
there's this expectation that you're going to deal with them right away. Mm -hmm. And so and so I'm teaching them, no, no, no. If I'm in the middle of something, yeah. you can wait 30 seconds, yeah. and then I will uh, deal with you. And yeah. So, yeah, so with kids, I think it's, I mean, once they reach yeah. a certain age. A yes. five-year-old, you can't well, do that's that. What I, yeah, that's supposed to be like yeah. children, children. Yeah, yeah, yeah actual children, yeah. Yeah, teenagers. But, I, but there's a reason I don't teach actual children. Then right. you get up at 4.30 in the morning, and you write until you have to call them at 6.30. <laughs> So that, that was yeah. the thing. I used, like I listened to books on the bus because right. reading right. the bus made me feel sick. But I also did writing on my work breaks. Yeah. Uh. Um, with, with this thing, you might know, you might have heard of these. They were pens and journals. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I'm, I'm intrigued. How do they work? Sometimes the screen is just too much, and I get right, okay. headaches. So I, I do do a lot of writing on. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sometimes um, I've even written on my phone. Ooh, yeah. so what else you guys working on? We we don't prepare any notes. It's literally oh, just hanging yeah, yeah. the shit. Like, what oh, else? You I, I just came off the worst schedule year of my life. So I'm. Wait, really? Yeah, no, I I did something really foolish. I released three things in one year. Oh. Never, I was going to say, you, you have had a lot of stuff coming yeah, out. Yeah, no, I, I co-authored a novella with Angela Stone, a romance novella. Yes, um, that came right. out. So I had this beautiful plan. It was good, too. It was such a good plan. So The, the, the plan or the, the, plan. Or the, or the product? The, 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 the book was good. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the first, so February, we released a romance novella. Okay. And then June, my first collection was hitting. Right, I remember um, that. And then December, just, just this past month, my first YA came out. And yeah. Like, Those are three very different projects. I will be able to compartmentalize that very well and work <laughs> on different things on different days. And you know, the thing is, I know better. I, I have released, three, I've released like three books before this, so I knew that like... You know, there's copy edits and line edits and proofs and arcs and all these other things that happen leading up to and after book releases. Mm -hmm. But somehow in my head, I'm like, oh, no, that's great. It's February and June and December. That'll be great. There was so much overlap. Like, oh, everything really? was all happening at the same time all year. Oh, no. Um, so, because at the same time, I'm like, and I could be working on my, uh, my next book while this happens. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, so the romance dropped right when I found out that um, YA reviewers, which is the project in December, right, yeah. um, need arcs way earlier than every other publishing standard because they want physical arcs. Oh. Okay. So suddenly I had to bump up finishing writing an entire novel. Oh, is that all? <laughs> Um, which I did. I mean, I just rearranged my schedule. I'm like, okay, well, that means the collection can come, little, like, you know, I can get that done a little bit later. Um, but while that was happening, of course, we were getting proofs and the final right. hits for the first, for the novella. That's great. Okay, that locked and loaded. Um, and then uh, the the collection, um, I sent it to my editor. And I love him a bit. It's Jerry. He's, he's magic. He says, so do you want the good news or the bad news? <laughs> oh, no. I was like, all right, mm. give me both. Uh -huh. um, and the good news was he really loved what I'd done, how I'd set it up, because um, I, I did these little passages that come between the short stories that sort of connect things. He's like, and I love that, but I want you to write one between every short story, not just like three or four of them. Oh, no. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> sure. And I said, I said, also, the middle story? No. And I was really? like, sorry, when you're saying no, do you mean we need to work on that? It's like, no, I just mean no. And I was like, you want me to write an entire new story, but it's like, do now. Right? And he's like, so here's the thought I was having. So I told you, like, when I went in D, I used him as my editor, right? Yeah. Um, he's like, so you know that other project you were going to do, like, next year? That novella thing you were planning on releasing? I'm like, yeah. He's like, put that there instead, and we're just going to cut it back a bit to make it short story length, and it will be perfect. It'll have this upbeat tone in the middle. It's called Little Village Magic. And I was like, oh my god, you're right. 
but that meant I had to take a novella and crush it down right, to yeah. a novelette, which I did. Okay. Um, and so that happened at the same time. And then he got, and then he's like, "You forgot the passages." I'm like, "Shit, I did. I forgot the passages." So that came back to me. Oh no. And then I'm getting all these. I'm getting uh, an email from like um, one of the library associations saying, "Hey, we actually don't need six copies. We need eight. <laughs> um, Piece of cake. Like, hmm. So and again, I don't drive, right? I can't drive. So right, I'm like. Yeah. All right, so bundled myself back up, running back out to the post office with two more copies, mailed that off, everything was fine. Uh, come back, I'm like, shit, now I don't have enough copies for the next mail out because oh. I ordered ARCs. So I had to get Anyway, so it just it wow. never stopped. And so when that finally ended and I sent in all the final proofs for the short story collection, I'm like, okay, now I can work on the next thing. Except then all the stuff for the short story collection started coming back, like the line edits and the right. typesetting. And so basically the entire year went out. And then it was time to start promoting the YA. Because <laughs> that was coming in December. And I'm like, right, yeah. I wrote nothing this year. I wrote nothing. I didn't start any <laughs> oh, new no. projects. I just worked on the three that were on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And normally I'm ahead. Um, wow. So I should be working, well, I am working on Triad Magic, the third of my, my trilogy. But when I say I'm working on it, I mean, I just started right, again yeah. to work on this book that I had been working on. And now, yeah, so. Wow. Is there a, is there a deadline on that one from the no, publisher? No, happily... Okay. I saw the light around March. Because <laughs> I, like, I was just about to send the pitch to the publisher and say, I will have this book finished by December. Oh, no. And that was when everything started hitting the fan. And I was like, maybe I'll send that pitch when my schedule clears up. Oh, there dude. Um, and I just never sent it yet. I'm like, I will send that when I've actually <laughs> hit the halfway point on the novel. And I'll be like, now I know I can get it done by yeah. X. Here's the pitch. Because um, yeah, bold strokes, they're brilliant, but they, they run a tight ticking clock oh, okay. schedule like when you tell them like you know this is when i can deliver the manuscript by i mean don't get me wrong if life explodes it'll help well but, of course but they're they have a, an amazingly tight schedule they release eight or nine books a month wow. um everything is done wow. to a ticking clock like i have never worked with a more organized publisher in my life and i did actually with some of my short stories i got to work with some of the big five mm. so when it came time to pitch to a publisher i'm like no i'm going with them yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I know where I'm at every step of the way. That's uh, very yeah, cool. I, oh, God, yeah. It's so professional. It's awesome. Um, and it's not the hurry up and wait that I've experienced mm. with publishers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I saw you, it reminds me of something I saw you posting about online because you were talking about, for the YA novel, about award, like sending up for award nominations oh, and stuff. God, and yeah. I just, so the downside to writing queer fiction is wondering if you're Right. So, for example, I love shared world fiction. Okay. Um, so, for, there are, and, and romance does this a lot. So, there's mm. a lot of romance series out there where it's like each book is a different author but set in a shared right. world. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like, um, and actually, the one I co-authored with Angela, that was part of that. There was a oh, okay. it's, it's all takes part in this one night stand dating agency where people you basically they, they use a dating agency to hook up and have a date. Oh, okay. And that's the concept of every story. And in every story, everyone's just looking for a hookup, but they end up finding the person of their dreams. Or, of course. Um, so. So many times I have been reading these wonderful shared world series. It's a great way to meet new authors because you've got the built-in concept. It's a little bit like an anthology where mm -hmm. you get to meet a whole bunch of new authors, right? Um, where I've reached out to the publisher and said, hey, I would really love to write for this series. You know, what's involved? Or they have a submissions page where you can fill in my little thing. And they're like, oh, we're not sure you write for our readership, which is what they mean to say is, oh, two boys, no. I don't think that's going to oh, fly Jesus. with a series, right? So... There's only a certain number of times you do that before you're like, I'm not doing that anymore. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so when it, an award season is another time like that where I'm like, okay, well, I know I've got the Lammies because those mm. are literally the Lambda Literary Awards for, yeah. for queer character and fiction. 
And then I look at things like the Sunburst or the Auras. Yeah. Or, and I'm like, is it worthwhile? Like, as I write contemporary spec fic and it's all queer. Right, right, right. Like, is it worth it? Like, is it going to be considered science fiction enough, or are they just going to do what most people do and say, no, this is gay fiction? Doesn't matter what else it is, it's gay fiction. Oh, interesting. Because it's not a genre, but it's treated well. So, yeah, but I did. I actually got the bullet and I sent in Echoes Born to Sunburst and and the YA as well. Good for you. Yeah. The worst they can do is what everyone already does. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm, urban yeah. fantasy, I mean, like yeah. that, that, that's everybody's poor cousin, so I don't even yeah. try. <laughs> no, for sure. And, like, you know, going back to romance, even, um, oh, yeah. it, it's fairly recently that the Romance Writers of America changed the definition of a romance to include more than men and women. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Like, how recently? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, long, not that long ago. Not like, like, long like within the last 10 years, I'm going to Oh, gosh. Yeah, 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 okay. Within the last, that, like, wow. year or two. Yeah, yeah. What? Wow. Yeah. Well, that's okay, because that's about the same time that they recognized indie authors as being actual romance authors, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> so this is the thing. Like, when, when award seasons pop up, it's really hard not to just sit in a little bitter ball. Oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I know, I can understand that. Unless you win one. Unless you win one. If you win one, it's fine. Again, that's the thing I saw on the bookstore side of things, right? Like being shortlisted for an award will put you on the bookshelves in bookstores and then return you if you don't win. Yeah. No one buys the shortlist. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I always come back to, and we've talked about this with a bunch of different people, is that there's a difference between critical appeal and awards appeal and mass appeal yes mm-hmm. right and, and i've always said you know an award would be nice but i want mass appeal uh, that's I, what i'm right? going for yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, i, I used to think that i wanted critical appeal screw that yeah i want the money <laughs> well, that's good, right like you know, I, I want the commercial success yeah. but it, it is it's a matter of how different. you define absolutely what your own definition of success is yeah just like your definition of fun <laughs> and <laughs> awesome and, and yeah. cool and cool yeah and then yeah. success yeah, yeah, yeah. let's be honest like let's be honest it's 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 the publishing and bookselling word or like breaking even is a pretty big milestone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like that's it. That's oh yeah. That's kind of depressing, but like if you go in knowing that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. But there's this huge divide, and it was yeah, the one the most recent thing that I saw that really made it clear to me was Rebecca Roanhorse, in which she was talking about how I think it was when she won. Shoot, I'm gonna one of the awards. I want to say Hugo. I think it was the Hugo. I think I think it was, it was the Hugo. Yeah, and and either in her speech or no, it was, it was shortly afterwards on Twitter. Um, she was saying how you know she's getting all this, um, all these accolades and, and this award stuff for uh, "Welcome to Your Authentic Indian Experience." But then, if you look at all the best of anthologies in the states, she was in one of them out of the dozen, and that was when I was like, "Oh shit, that's a very good point." That there's yeah. this huge divide. Which, no disrespect to anybody who's doing those anthologies. No, no. no. But you know, there's this huge divide between what they're looking at and what you know what is being popularized i don't think i've ever asked anybody this how big is the romance author, like the romance author community here in ottawa, in ottawa yeah. <sighs> i think it's a lot bigger than the actual organization is yes okay um i drop in and out of orwa every year or so <laughs> I join and then I don't show up to any of the meetings and then renewal comes up and I go, meh, I'm not there anymore. <laughs> and then I think, oh no, I really should support it. So I rejoin and they, it's the circle. Yeah, he, it is. I like that with Sifwa. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like exactly. I pay the dues and I never, ever go on the forum and I know. until it's nebula time. <laughs> and then, and then there comes a day where you're like, okay, is this really worth it to Oh yeah, and, absolutely. So I, I'm going to join this year, and I've, I've said that years past, but... Which, I, uh, or, or what? Or what, yeah. Okay. And I joined the RWA. I finally qualified. So that was actually part of it. Wait, it's, hold on. What's the difference? 
Wait, I, I, oh, never mind. I, I, I caught up. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So I joined. The reason Stop. I, the reason I joined <laughs> the Archers. Stop, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was my mouth not catching up to my brain. I put it together. Go ahead, Nathan. <laughs> so I, I specifically joined the RWA because of the whole live men and women yeah. thing. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm sick to death of being outside of the organization fuming at what they're doing. So mm. if I join, yeah. um, so one of the things you do if you join the RWA is you tell them whether or not you're willing to be a judge. Oh, okay. For the and I said, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what will happen with that. Who knows? But, um, and you know, it, it, it's one of those things where like, I can stand outside of it and complain, or I can decide if I've got a thick enough skin to try to wade in a little bit. So, and then finally I joined and they took down their forums and they did this mas- massive upgrade and I'm like, well, I'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> so I haven't actually posted anything there yet at all. Um, I wanted to get involved with the local Ottawa version. Um, there we go, yeah. Partly because I was having such a good time at Romancing the Capital, mm-hmm. the, the um, Romance Convention, but also, um, again, it is another network. Um, yeah, right. yeah, that's it's a face-to-face group of people, which, yeah. again, I probably won't go because I'm such an introvert. And yeah. generally speaking, I'm sure the meetings will happen two buses away, which means I'll never make it. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things though, where I, I, I want to get more connected and involved. And I know that I can maybe bring a different point of view to the table. But at the same time, sometimes that's exhausting. Yeah, I hear that. Um, like I, or I can understand that. Yeah, like being queer 101. Right. I ran out of patience for it. Yeah. Um, it's like, when can I do the two hundred one? Can we get past the? Mm. Let me define my terms. Um, so we'll mm. see. Um, but I mean, everyone. The reason I'm joining this year is is I they they flat out asked me. Okay. Um, they're like, please, you know, wow. like that. Why? Um, nice. yeah, I know, right? So I'm like, okay, no, that means I'm welcome. And Ottawa does have a large romance. I think we do. And they can be very, very supportive. Okay, that's good. So, um, and they bring in some great speakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just for the romance writers, but for writers in general. Okay. Yeah, they um, had Kelly Armstrong. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. And, um, yeah, they've had quite a few. Yeah, they've had some really, yeah. really good names and really interesting topics that they cover. Yeah. They'll cover world building oh, and cool. conflict and all kinds of like different yeah, aspects. Yeah, yeah. And they'll get people in for the, the business side of things as well. That's awesome. One of their speakers one year, I didn't make it because I had something else, but uh, she was a, um, a tax expert. <coughs> oh. She was coming in and talking about the, mm. uh, the, the tax end of yeah, writing. Yeah, yeah, So. Oh, man, wouldn't it be great to hit that number where you have to start writing about taxes? <laughs> <laughs> Everything I earn goes back into the yeah. business. I spend something. more than I earn. I have yeah. a sugar daddy. <laughs> We joke about that at our house. Um, so my family used to be very wealthy. I see from our central computer that the viral count is down to acceptable levels. We had a wonderful time talking with our fellow survivors today, so thank you to Nathan and Linda for joining us down here in our underground safe haven. If you like what you've been hearing on our little alleged podcast, we have a donation page set up at broadcastsfromthewasteland.com. If you feel so inclined, please drop us a little bit of support there, and maybe someday there will be more than just a season one. And thank you to fellow survivor Chris Kesner for providing our intro and outro music. Thank you as well to all you survivors out there for joining us for our conversation today. Stay safe, stay sterile, and we'll look forward to reaching you again with our next broadcast from the Wasteland.